thank you so much. The Lord, I bet, is pleased with you today. I'm sure of it. He is a good, good God. Good, good God. And just so everybody's at ease, uh, on October the 31st, uh, Jenny and I are going to have the trunk of our car here, and we're going to be dressed up as well. And um, I, you need to come out just to see how we're dressed. I think you'll get a kick out of it. It'll be a good time. And we will have good candy. Some of, some of the people will have nutritional things. There will be no nutrition in our candy at all. I promise you that. It is, <laughs> you know, God bless the people who give away, you know, cheese it crackers and apples. But it's all good. It's all good. I want to give away Snicker bars and Milky Ways. I want to give away Kansas soda. I just want to give those kids such a sugar high that they go home and don't sleep for a week. No, it's, you got to come. It, just come on out. We're going to have food. It's going to be fun. be a good time. Uh, next week, uh, we're going to take a special offering uh, at the end of service for our downtown campus. If you're newer here, we have a building downtown, right in the heart of downtown. We've been, we bought just under two years ago. It took a year to kind of get things squared away with the city. It's taken the last year, uh, a little too long, but taking the last year to get with uh, the county and the contractor and the architect. And now we're ready to push forward and we hope to actually have our Grace Conference downtown the end of February, first part of March. We should uh, hopefully be really close to being in. We're hoping to have a second campus, uh, and we'll add campuses uh, even up, over and above that. Uh, part of it is because the outside of our building, had you not noticed, is a little churchy looking. And when people come in, sometimes they don't know if they're entering a Methodist church or a Presbyterian church, or and then when they get in service, they realize they're not in that church. Uh, they're in more of a probably evangelical type church, charismatic. Uh, we want to we want to go downtown as another campus just to share with people who maybe wouldn't come into a churchy type church. So uh, we're going to be a little short, I think, on some of the monies that we need, and we probably need an extra 50000 or so. So we're just going to ask you, you have not because you asked not, right? We're going to ask you to just do your best. Come on out. Now, sometimes when we've done these things in the past, some people would just like not come that day because they don't, they think we check on how, who and everybody gives. Come on out. Just be part of it. If you can't, you can't afford or you think pastor talks about money too much just come on out give us a give us a pass on that come on out anyways and be part of the the fellowship and join in the fun amen is that is that all right uh sometimes we've had it to give sometimes we haven't but we're going to give jenny and i always try to lead the way at least do our part so we're going to give back uh we'll give back a week of our wages uh to the uh, to the development down there and so those those who don't know jenny's gone without a paycheck the last year year and a half and then we've slowly incrementally given some of hers back, but she still gives back a oh, thousand or fifteen hundred dollars every month towards that project down there. So come on out and just help us and enjoy uh, a good service. Amen? All right. Everybody, everybody good with that? All right. So we're, we're just, uh, listen, we don't need another building and I don't need the headaches nor the anxiousness, but the Lord wants us to have another building. So because he wants it, that's what we're just trying to be obedient to the Lord. Amen? This is not an ego trip. We're not trying to build, build campuses and build different stuff other than what God would have us to do. So that's, that's where we're at. And then on the way out of each service, we always have a compassion offering. This is for cancer research. One of the cancer foundations will, will uh, give, give it to you. So this week and next week, if you'd like to give on the way out. Uh, how many cancer survivors here today? Would you please stand if you're a cancer survivor? Come on, church. Come on, Sherry. That's awesome. Praise God. Yeah. Praise the Lord. So that's, so we want to give to Cancer Research and the Compassion Offering this week and next week. If you just bring, if you make out a check, make it out to Grace Church. We'll make sure every last dime of it goes uh, to that. So uh, what else? And then Nebraska won. Uh, so that's important. That's uh, it's a big deal. Uh, so give a shout out to our friends in Omaha and Lincoln, Nebraska that, that watch. Go Big Red. Praise Jesus. Uh, they've turned the corner. I don't expect them to lose for another week or so. So 
uh, feel good today. I really like, I like the word that the Lord's placed in my heart. If you're a note taker, this would be a really good one to take notes because it's more of a teaching. Uh, but it's, it's a teaching that I think hopefully will stick with you for a long, long time. Uh, we're in the book of Job's, my worst fears. And Job's worst fears literally have come upon him. He's lost everything in his life, uh, for the most part, that's meant anything to him uh, except his wife. He's lost his friends, he's lost his business, he's lost all of his animals, his livestock, and now he's dealing with boils all over his body. He's gone to the ash pit and taken broken glass to scrape the boils off, and he's in pain and agony, and, and the theologians tell us anywhere from 9 to 40 days he's been in this suffering. Uh, it's probably felt like nine to 40 years, when you're in the depth of despair, uh, time is not of, uh, of, of conscience. You don't, you don't recognize it. It just feels like forever and forever and forever. And then the Lord brings us through and he takes us out. And so we're going to come out of Job, uh, the 38th chapter today. One of my favorite chapters in Job is Job 38. So if you would, stand with me for the reading of the Word of God. We're going to read just the first seven verses. I'll read some more, but we won't have you stand for all of it. The Bible says, Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind. He said, Who is this who obscures my counsel with ignorant words? Get ready to answer me like a man. When I question you, you will inform me. Where were you when I established the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who fixed its dimensions? Certainly you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? What supports its foundations or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you that it's alive, it's blessed, and it's anointed. So we pray today that you just open our hearts and ears to hear, receive, and understand those things you have us. Thank you for those t people today, Lord, who have uh, uh, beat cancer. Uh, thank you those, for those people today, Lord, who are entering in strong trials in their life, Lord, that they can count on you. Father, let us take this word today and act upon it. Thank you for your word, your son, Jesus Christ, who came to this earth in flesh and dwelt among us so that we could understand what it means to overcome and for the resurrection of life. Bless each person here today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody in agreement said, amen. amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for the standing of the reading of the word of God. Job is in despair. He's, uh, man, he's been beat down. He, he's lost everything. His friends have bailed on him. His, his wife says, curse God and die. Now he's got all these boils on him. And, and he asks God in kind of a, a complaining way. And it makes our complaints seem a little bit uh, premature or immature. Uh, we, we complain about some of the silliest things, don't we? Anybody ever complain about a, a long line at a restaurant? Like, I ain't waiting 20 minutes to go to that, that, that yeah. I, I'm not doing it. I'm going somewhere else. Stoplights in Hickory are anywhere from three to five minutes long. I'll be honest with you, I don't always stop the whole time. I'm just saying. I, something I inherited from my dad, I can't say I like it, but... Dear Lord, I ain't pulling over and waiting at McDonald's either. That is not going to happen. Uh, there's, we're impatient type people, and so then we start to complain. And when we complain, we actually insult God. Complaining is nothing more than insulting God. And so we have to be careful how or if we do complain. But I'm going to tell you, in my opinion, if there's one person that has the right to complain, it's Job. I mean, this guy has lost every single thing. And I know sometimes in people's lives that they go through a Job-like experience. Man, they, they lose a job or they lose a family member or they lose friends or they have to move communities or they get sick or there's an illness and they beat cancer once and some people here have survived cancer one, two, three more times and it's again and again and again. It's like they, they feel like they're Job and yet they don't complain. Sometimes it's the people going through the most that complain the least. And Job here throws out a little bit of a complaint in chapter 37 to the Lord, and God's like, wait a second, time out. Was it you who put these things in action? 
wasn't you that started the morning and says, hello, good morning. It was you, the sons of God, who they start shouting for joy. Hey, it's time to get up again. Not that they're sleeping in heaven. But think about the, the metaphor, or the literalness of this, the story. In fact, he goes on in verse 11. When I declared, you may come this far, but no farther. You proud waves stop here. The first time I seen any large body of water it was in the ocean. We called it the ocean. It was the Gulf of Mexico. And it was Marco Island, Florida. I was 40 years old. And I'd never seen a vast expanse of water like that. And the, and the, the sand in Marco Island is, is wider than white. And, and the ocean was beautiful. And, and Janie and I had gotten a beautiful uh, uh, room. I was speaking at a conference in a profession that I was in. We weren't in uh, ministry yet, full-time ministry. And it was just beautiful. And I, I knew this verse. I, I understood that the Lord stops the waves, but until you actually see it, it's amazing. And God here is telling Job, do you stop the waves or do I? Who's in charge of this thing? Job, he goes on, verse 12, have you ever in your life commanded the morning or assigned the dawn its place? Verse 16, have you traveled to the sources of the seas or walked in the depths of the ocean? Have the gates of death been revealed to you? Have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Verse 18, have you comprehended the extent of the earth? Tell me, tell me, Job, if you know all this. When we were growing up, maybe you're much the same, our, our generation of parents didn't always explain things to us. Janie was really good at explaining things to our kids. I wasn't. I would always say, because I said so, just do what I tell you to do. Just do it. And I got that from my parents. My parents, we, we didn't, are you from a generation where you never backtalk your parents? Yeah. Yes, dear Lord, right? I'm not saying backtalk like in a bad way. I'm saying like we... We didn't ask why, we just did. And kids nowadays, like, they want a reason behind it. Like, how come? Why are we doing that? What for? And Marcus was our probably big questionnaire guy growing up. Marcus always wanted to know, why are we doing that? The girls were really good. Drew's really good. Marcus was way out there. And it just, so you, go talk to mama. That's what I would say. Go talk to mama. That's why we do it. <laughs> and I think Job is like asking God why. And God's like saying, because I said so. And this is a really beautiful takeaway if you think about it. Because we so many times, especially in Job, this 38th chapter. And, but by the way, it doesn't stop at chapter 38. It goes chapter 39 and chapter 40. I mean, God even says to Job, hey, the lightning and the wind and the thunder, they account to me. Like when they go out, they come back and tell me how they did. Think about that for a second. Everything sits in the palm of God's hands. Everything is right there. And this is the God who sent his only begotten son to die for you and for me. And so if he's going to do that because he loves us so much, don't you know that when we speak to him, he's going to answer. He's going to reply. In fact, if we have a need, he's not just going to let us be out there wandering. And so Job's in this, this match almost with God of, man, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm complaining a little bit, Lord, and you're, you're, you might be frustrated with me, and I'm sorry, but Job is, the, is, is answering the question, but God is really answering us. So this answer to Job isn't just for Job. This answer to Job is for us. Like God holds everything. And Job is, is being questioned and answered on some things that probably he should have known about. But for rehearsal's sake and because we don't want to take anything for granted. Because there might be people here. There was, there was a person in the, in the first service to tell you how the Lord's blessed and grace church. There was a person in the first service who had a question or two after church. And I said, well, you know the Lord's prayer. And the person said, no. No, I don't. I said, well, do you know the Our Father? Because that's what Catholics call it, Our Father. No. I said, do you know Matthew, the sixth chapter? No. No, I don't. And so it, 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 hits, it hits you that we can't assume because we're in church, everybody knows church. It's like you can't assume that everybody in a donut shop is a cop.
That was so good. That was, that was so good. I, I was just, police officers, thank you so much for, for serving. Uh, I drive a black suburban. We, can't, we, we have to stop assuming that everybody knows the scriptures. We have to stop assuming that everybody knows what's going on. We have to stop assuming that, that because we start to talk uh, theologically, we start to talk profound, we start to talk church talk, that there might be somebody in our midst that doesn't know it. So Job is in this conversation with God, and God's really unloading on him. Was it you? And so we go back to Genesis, the first chapter. And if you're taking notes, write down Genesis 1. Just Genesis 1. We'll go over some things in a minute. But I want you to write down these verses because they're important to know. And Janie reminds me all the time, I speak too fast because I have most of it memorized. I've got to be careful and slow down. So I'm going to read them really slowly. But you need to write these verses down because it's important for you to write these verses down to understand Job 38. Write down Genesis 1, verse 3. And then write down verse number 6. And then write down verse number 9. And then write down verse number 14. And then write down verse number 20, and then write down 24, and then write down 26, and then write down 28, and then write down 29. And the reason that we have to know is because God is allowing Job and us to hear what he's in, what's he, what he started and what he's in charge of and how he created. And we, go, we have the ability to go back then to Genesis, the first chapter, the origin, which is what Genesis means. And we see, so verse 3, the Bible says, then God said. And we're gonna not talk about necessarily what then was created. We kind of know, we see the lights and the firmament. We see the, we see the animals and we see the birds and the, the air, the fowl. We see the, the, the fish of the sea. Verse number six, then God said, let there be an expanse. Verse number nine, the Bible says, then God said, let there be water. Then uh, verse number 14, the Bible says, uh, then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky. Verse number 20, then the Bible says, then God said, let the water swarm with living creatures. And then verse 24, the Bible says, then God said, let the earth produce living creatures. And verse number 26, uh, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, birds of the sky, animals of the earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. This is called the imagio Dei, image of God. Verse number 28, the Bible says, and God said to them, after he blessed them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Uh, one translation says, replenish the earth. And so our command, but it's not really a command as much as it is a blessing because he blesses us to be able to be fruitful and multiply, replenish and subdue. And that word subdue means dominion. So he's given us authority. That's what dominion is. You have the authority. Uh, you've been blessed with the authority and not a power hungry thing that we, have, we lord over or something, but with this, this authority to be able to walk in uh, harmony with God's creation. And then uh, verse 29, the Bible says, and God also said nine times in the first chapter of the first book of the Bible, the Bible says in some way or another, then God said, when God speaks, church, all of the heavens, all of the nations, all of the earth, all of creation, all of humanity needs to listen. And because he spoke these things into existence. And then you read all this whole chapter, and many times it says, and, and God saw that it was good, and God saw that it was very good, and God saw that it was good. And, and we love that part, but I think there's four critical words, so 10 letters over four words that really make an impact on, on how this really comes to place in Job's theory, and that's found in verse number 30, and it's the last four words, and it was so. So God spoke, and it was so. God said, and it was so. God made, and it was so. God created, and it was so. Listen, that is the answer for you today. For you walking by faith saying, and it was so. God spoke it, and it's going to be so. And maybe it's not something that you see right here, right now, but you know because God said it. And this is what he's telling Job. This is the history lesson. This is the theology lesson. This is the, this is the cultural lesson that he wants to get through to Job, and not only through Job, but to us in 2018 at Grace Church and in, in this community. And it was so. Give the Lord just a shout of praise because of how, 
how glorious he is. He speaks and things happen. He speaks and things take charge. And you might say, well, Pastor, that's really good. I mean, Genesis once a long time ago, and, you know, I still have my debates with, with, with people that are in science and why the world's not 50 million years old and why this isn't, couldn't happen. Like we were there. We weren't there. At least I wasn't. And, and God could have created the earth at 50 million years old already. He, he created things in maturity. Like, I don't think Adam was a baby. I think Adam was a grown man. And I would say probably the same for Eve. So he, they came mature physically. And so the earth could be. I'm just, I'm just saying, to try to prove that the earth is just 6,000 years old may not help your witness. If, you, if someone says, well, uh, tell me how old is the earth, I don't know God created it was so. Let's just agree that God created it. Stephen Hawking died uh, this past summer. He was a, a scientist, physicist, uh, and he's, he's one of the Nobel Peace Prize winner. But one of his statements is, even upon his deathbed and a book that just came out this last week, there is no God. That doesn't mean that there's not a God. Uh, Mr. Hawking at some point in time probably saw God in the fullness of his glory or will if he didn't depart and then be raised in the second resurrection, which is the resurrection of judgment. What am I saying? I'm saying we have to be careful as Christ followers that we don't get into debates or arguments, but we find a common ground. Hey, if, if you know this thing has been created, then let's give God glory. Amen? I believe in a literal six days. I'm a literalist. I believe it happened 6,000 years ago, give or take, 57, 78, if you count Jewish tradition, all right? So I believe in all that. I agree with it in case you have problems with my theology. I'm just saying, since none of us were there, why do we argue a fact that God may have said, earth be 50 million years old? And if you follow Dake's theology, you'll, you'll, th you'll see that there was maybe a pre-Adamite world. That's neither here nor there. Because the word replenish means to refill. So what am I saying? I'm saying, let's, let's do this. With people who don't know Christ, let's find a common ground so that Christ can be exalted. And when we can find a common ground that Christ can be exalted, we have a place to start. And so the start of this is Genesis. This the Genesis is, and God said, we'll never sway from the fact that when God says something, we're going to do it. We're going to follow it. Because look at this, in just two chapters later, chapter 3, verse number 1, and we don't have it up there, but the first words of the Satan came as a serpent, and he said, did God really say? See, Satan will always challenge you with doubt and fear as to, is that what God really meant? Listen, church, if God said it, just take it and believe it, and then make it, it was so. What God says about you is that you're a new life, you're a new creature, you're loved, you're his beloved, you're joint heirs with Christ, you're an overcomer, you're more than a conqueror, you're forgiven, you're set free, you're delivered, you're healed, you're made whole. God says a lot about you, and he loves you. Because he cares. But you'll say, that's Genesis and Job. What about the, what about the New Testament, Pastor? Because some people say, well, they're word of faith. They, they name it and claim it. Some people say, well, it never doesn't happen anymore. And I would say, yes, it does. The Holy Spirit did not cease until the book is closed and this thing's over with. There's always a chance for salvation. Well, yeah, but you, you, can't, you can't speak in tongues. If you can't speak in tongues, then you can't get saved because they're both the gift of the Holy Spirit. They're both part of that. So you can't take what's good, like, I don't like broccoli. That's a good, that's a good word. And I generally do not like Brussels sprouts. And I'm just saying, sometimes I eat them. Sometimes you got to do what you don't want to do. But I love strawberry shortcake. I'm just saying, I love filet. Dear Lord, give me filet, strawberry shortcake. I don't have to have anything else. My Jesus, that's church. <laughs> but sometimes I need broccoli. And sometimes I need Brussels sprouts. I'm, I, I'm not sure, I'm sure God created them, but I'm not sure why. <laughs> I 
a couple members of my family love Brussels sprouts. Like it's a choice? I'm going corn on the cob. Yeah. And don't tell me potatoes aren't a vegetable. Yeah, I'm putting gravy on those things. We're having mashed potatoes and gravy. That can be a vegetable. Jenny says, no, it's not a vegetable. Yeah, it is. And really, I only like salad if I'm fasting because it feels like a penalty to eat salad. It's just green stuff all over again. I'm not sure why I got there or how I got there, but... In... Yeah, the green plant. And so it was. So it was. God created Brussels sprouts. Sometimes we have to take what's good for us, even if we don't like it, and we have to digest it. All right? And sometimes... Man, we, we, we really want the whole strawberry shortcake or whatever your favorite dessert is, or God bless you, if you still don't eat meat, we're praying for you, but if you don't like that filet or whatever, you, gotta, you, you get to take that, you get to take whatever is good for you, you want it, you have to take it, and so the Bible is like, man, I want all this good stuff, but wait a second, it says this? I didn't know it says that. I'm going to rip out that page and throw it away. You can't do that, because God spoke it all into existence. And his word became flesh and dwelt among us so that we could understand what he's about. And because we understand what he's about, then we enter into the New Testament. You say, yeah, but does that still happen? Does that still take place? Are we still able to do that? We go to Mark, the fourth chapter, verses 35 through 41, and write that down. If, you, if, you don't, if you're not there or you, or you don't want to be there or you want to read it when you get home, on that day, Jesus was ministering. And he was sharing the good news and people were getting healed and and, and set free and delivered and blind eyes were being opened and deaf ears were being being opened and cleaned. And it was a miracle and people were following him on that day evening had come and he told them, let's cross over to the other side. Verse number 36 then, so they left the crowd and they took him along since their boat was already there and the boats were with him in verse number 37, a fierce Windstorm arose and the waves were breaking over the boat so that the boat was already being swamped in verse number 38. But he was in the stern, which is in the back of the boat. And he's, in one translation, said he was literally sleeping on a pillow. He was just kind of chilling. He was just resting. And he was tired. And this is the, I love the scripture because it's the part of Jesus that we don't, like, Jesus was super all God and super all man, but he was emotional. We see in the scripture where he cried. We've seen the scripture where he rejoiced. We've seen the scripture where he went away and prayed. We've seen the scripture where he fasted. And we've seen the scripture here where he was tired and he was worn out. And Janie and I like to go home on Sundays and the kids come over and we like to eat. And, and we talk about the day and we talk about the week. And they'll slowly but surely leave one by one. And about 5.30 or 6 o'clock. We'll sit there together, and we just kick our feet back up and just kind of rest. And it's like, man, this was a good day. This is just a good day. We got to, we got to do church with people we love. We got to do dinner with, with our kids, and we got to hang out and see people that maybe we won't see for a week or two. And, and uh, Jesus was doing that. He had ministered. He was tired. He, he's on the stern of the boat. And he's sleeping. And it says here, so they woke him up and said to him, teacher... Don't you care that we're going to die? Stop for a second there. Just think about that. Think about how selfish this prayer is. These are the disciples. Like, they still don't get it. If you die, his time on earth was really, other than dying on the cross, there's nobody going to hear the gospel because, like, he's pouring into you guys. And, and you're, you're saying, we're going to die. And I think sometimes we say that same prayer, like, this is the prayer that Job was saying. This is the ch- prayer that Job was crying out, like, man, I can't take it anymore. Have you ever been there? It's like, I can't take it anymore. That's right where God wants you. That is the exact spot that he wants you, right there. And these guys are like, we're going to die, and you don't care. Can I just reassure you today, God cares about you. Jesus loves you. He cares. He wants you to succeed, to be happy, to be free. He wants you to be all those things. Teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? In verse 39, he says, he got up, he rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, silence, be still. The wind ceased, 
And there was a great calm. Stop there for just a second because I want to show you or share with you a couple of things. In Job, we read, and I'm going to give you one, what I think is theological belief, two theological beliefs. One, if you read Job 38, 39, and 40, you'll see where the Bible says that the wind, the thunder, and the lightning were susceptible to God and had to answer. In other words, they went out to the earth, and when they came back, they had to answer where they went, how it went, and how it was going, and what, what happened when they came. They came back with an account of what they did. And the Bible says that hail and snow were stored up in the heavenlies, okay? So God's got everything in control, right? Could you just see this story play out for a second? Jesus gets up, rebukes the wind, and said to the sea, silence, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a calm. Could you see this day, thunder and lightning going back to heaven, and God saying, why are you back so soon? And them saying, Jesus called us back, gave us the rest of the day off. How cool is that, church? Think about that for a second. Now, the word here that messes me up, and a lot of people, is he rebuked the wind. I don't think Jesus would ever rebuke his father. I think sometimes we talk about hurricanes, we talk about storms, tornadoes. Sometimes that's just natural occurrence because of sin that entered into the world. When sin entered into the world, there were some natural order occurrences that took place that just happened. Those things happened. But God has given you the right and the power that within nothing else within your life, peace be still. And peace is a wholeness word. Peace is a word that no matter how, peace doesn't necessarily mean that the problem goes away. Peace means that you can endure the problem. And when you walk through the problem because you have peace in your life, that's Jehovah Shalom showing up. Let's go on to verse number 40. Then he said to them, why are you fearful? Do you still have no faith? And that's what it's about. That's where we start to speak things into existence. And as we speak things into existence, they start to take place because we activate our faith in those things. Do we have 41 up there? And they were terrified and asked one another, who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him, oblivious to the fact that he was trying to increase their faith. Almost, almost like they could have spoken to the wind and the sea and it would have calmed. Almost like they could have just been with Jesus and he would have weathered them through that storm. Almost like Peter in another story, they could have got out of the boat and walked on water. With Jesus, you can do all things. Nothing is impossible. And so in Matthew 16 and 19, Jesus says, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. And the kingdom are the laws or the principles of the kingdom. And so in verse, uh, chapter 38, verse 33, uh, he, God tells Job this, do you know the laws of heaven? Can you impose its authority on earth? Its authority on earth? And I'm going to say this, because of what Jesus did in Matthew 16 and 19, yes, you can. You can speak to those things in your life. You can speak to those conditions, those troubles. You can speak to that past. You can speak to that present. You can even speak to that future. And in the name of Jesus, according to his will, it will come to pass. You have to stand on it. You can't get terrified in the boat. You can't start to freak out and say, we're going to die. God, don't you care about me? He cares about you. He's given you the authority. Yeah. He's given you the process to walk through those things. Let me give you five really quick keys to the kingdom. If you're writing them down, the first thing, everything has an origin. Everything has an origin. Uh, everything but God. When I say God, I mean the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Everything but the Godhead has an origin. Everything was created. In fact, that's part of the problem that the enemy has with you is you can procreate. You can speak to things and they'll be, and all he can do is be an imitator. Right. Only thing he can create in you is doubt and fear right. and unbelief. He can't create anything else. You are a creator. You can, speak to the, you can speak to those things. You can speak to that issue. Cancer, I call you gone in the name of Jesus. You can speak to those things. And you get a rhema word. See, the devil came to kill, steal, and destroy. And really what he came to destroy is that rhema word that God wants to place in you. He wants to destroy that peace that God places in you. He wants to destroy that faith that God has for you, that seed of faith, that if you exercise that faith, God is large and in charge. Number two, everything has a, uh, a seed. 
It all starts with a seed. And when you became born again, and if you're not, we want you to become born again. What's that mean? Receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. Then a seed is placed in you. A seed of faith, a seed of love, a seed of hope, a seed that says, okay, this can grow. And you've heard the saying, grow where you're planted. If you have that seed within you, uh, it inspires you. And when the, the seed, which is the word of God, starts to get birthed in your heart, the only thing that can abort it is you. If you don't believe something, it will never happen. People say all the time, I don't believe that can happen. You're right, it won't based on your belief. It minimized the number of miracles Jesus could do in his hometown because the people didn't believe. And the scripture says there he did not much, many miracles at all because of their unbelief. But if you believe and you enlarge the capacity to receive, then all things are possible. Number three, then the sower has the power. So if we receive things at origin, where Isaiah says, behold, I'll do a new thing. It starts today. Shall you not see it? Shall you not, shall not spring forth? Now we have this newness, and we know that there's a seed in us, and that seed could just be a sprinkle of hope. You, you can, listen, and we'll just use an analogy because I like sports. You can root for a one in 16. When Nebraska won yesterday, it was like they won the national title. They were 0 and 6. They won the game. We're giving high fives in the house. They're interviewing the head coach, and he's, he seems like a really nice guy. And he's a Nebraskan. He grew up there. He played there. All these things. And it's like, man, we're shouting. People are texting back and forth. This is the real deal. We're still one in six. But there's a glimmer of hope. You still might have cancer, but there's a glimmer of hope. You still might not have a job, but there's a glimmer of hope in Christ Jesus. Your family still might be failing, but there's a glimmer of hope. Why? Because you cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. The sower has the power. And God has initiated you to start sowing seed. What would it be like if you took three people this week and texted them and said, man, I just appreciate the way you worship. Man, I just love the way that you, that, that you just show up on Sundays. Man, I just love the way that you follow God. I love the way that you, you, you get in your word. Man, I love the way that you... Whatever it is, dot, 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 the sower has the power. Number four, then these things are transferable. Dominion rules, but it's transferable. The Lord has given us the authority to have dominion or the authority to have the authority to walk in the areas that we are called to walk in. And if you'll understand that, if you really get it. So the centurion came to Jesus and said, one of my, uh, one of, one of my captains is sick. In fact, he's sick unto death, and, and Jesus said, let's go, let's go pray for him. He said, I don't think we have time, but if you say the word, same thing we said in that song, if you say the word. If you say the word, he'll be healed. I will, he was. And the centurion went back and said, about what hour of the day did you have Jesus pray for him? Was this hour? Well, that's the hour that he got up out of his bed. That's the hour he got, if Jesus, if you just say the word, <laughs> my situation will be okay. Or if you'll just say the word, point number five, there's a harvest, and it's all about the harvest. Hear me on this. This is important. As the worship team comes back, this is critically important. And I'm not talking about harvest as in, although it's October and people are harvesting their, maybe their fruits or their vegetables, maybe they're harvesting corn around the country or soybeans or other wheat or whatever the case may be. They're harvesting, maybe it's about a spiritual harvest. We, we're, to, we're, we're trained or should be trained to go out into the world and make disciples, teaching and baptizing them in the name of Jesus, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We know these things, but it's also about the harvest of your words. That when you speak to something, if you believe, I have this written down. You can write it down if you want. The seed of revelation, the seed of revelation, the seed of revelation, which is faith. The seed of revelation enters the future and waits for your arrival. The seed of revelation enters the future and waits for your arrival. In other words, you speak to that situation. Now it's waiting on you to arrive there on what's going to happen. It arrives that a healing is waiting for you because it's gonna be there. That blessing is waiting for you because it's gonna be there. That deliverance is waiting for you because it's gonna be there. It will never happen. This is guaranteed if you never believe. But if you activate faith, 
Jenny and I have a long history together. We've known each other now for 40 years. We've been married for 38. We had children right away. The first three are all 18 months apart, and I had uh, been laid off my first four jobs. You all know that. I tell, I tell that story all the time. We had a really cool 73 Malibu Classic, powder puff blue with a white Landau roof and no reverse. And uh, we couldn't afford a babysitter, so date night was always our older three kids, and we didn't have Andrew at that time, our older three kids in the back seat, and uh, three of our houses that we lived in, they tore down after we moved out because they were uninhibitable. They just... And we did the best we could with what little we had and the interest rates were high and I'm not gonna make excuses. And I tried to work as hard as I could. Jane did a great job raising the kids and we put the kids in the backseat one particular night. It was a Friday night because that's always been our date night. And it was Jill, Jessica, and Marcus. Jessica sat in the middle and at one point in time in Jessica's life, her hearing was not good at all. In fact, she's a miracle child in the fact that her hearing was less than 30 or 20% and she can hear as well as anybody, if not better than anybody that I'm aware of and probably better than anybody in our whole family. She, she can hear, you can't whisper around here. And so Janie had told the kids, now you guys gotta be quiet. We bought them one Snicker bar and one can of soda. They had to share it because we couldn't afford three of each. True story. And we couldn't afford to go to the show anywhere, so we just drove around neighborhoods we wanted to live in. It was amazing. And Janie said, you guys be quiet, we're on a date. And Jessica, who couldn't hear real well at the time, said, what'd she say, Jill? And Jill would say, shh, they're on a date. What'd she say? They're on a date, be quiet. So we're having this conversation, and Janie, as we were driving through a neighborhood, she looked up at the house and said, when Papa gets a good job, we're going to live in that house right there, kids. She's speaking it out. Do you hear me? When Papa gets a good job. What'd she say, Jill? Shh, they're on a date. But what did she say? When Papa gets a good job, we're going to live in that house right there. Hey, Mama, Jessica said. Yes, honey. When we buy that house, can I have a swing set? Sure can. Several years later, the Lord blessed our socks off. I was in sales. It was my second or third year in sales. And Andrew was born. It was his, I think, first birthday. And I was in the backyard. It was a windy May day. And I was putting up a swing set. And the instructions are blowing around the yard. I was a little frustrated. And the Lord brought me back to that scenario. Your wife and daughter spoke that in because Jessica asked for the best swing set possible. She didn't want to stop a swing set. She wanted the good swing set. Swing set wasn't even for her. It was for Andrew. But she got to benefit. Sometimes things aren't even for you. You just benefit from what God has for you. And with tears running down my face in my backyard in a house that Janie prophesied that we ended up buying, I was putting up a swing set because these two girls spoke it into existence. Now you can think that's corny. I think it's simple. You, you can think it's false. I know it's truth. As a struggling young person, losing job after job, trying to grow a family, I had a wife that would simply say, not if this happens, but when this happens, this is what we're going to do with it. And she's turned out to be one of the biggest givers that I've ever seen. Why? Because she knows that her father God owns cattle on a thousand hills. She knows that when she speaks, the God of all heaven hears. And she's no different than you. She's no different than you. Her words are no different. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes just for a second. I want you to hear the very next thing that I'm going to say. I want you to take it to heart. If you're here today and you said, Pastor, I'm calling on Jesus. I'm speaking this thing out. I'm, I'm just waiting for a return. I'm waiting for it to happen. Or, hey, Pastor, this makes sense. There's some things I need to call on the Lord for. I want you all to stand up right now. If that's you, if you're saying, I'm calling on Jesus for this situation. I've used, I've called it out. Now I'm speaking. I know, I know God said, and it was so. I'm waiting for it. Uh, it was so part in my life. Thank you.
can I tell you? And we're still praying today for things that we know God said it was so. But we're praying with faith because we know all through our married life, it was so, and God said it was so, and it was so, and God said it was so, and God said it, and it was so, and all we had to do is receive it by faith. Can I pray with you, those of you who are standing? Would you receive it? Just raise your arms if you're comfortable. Open your hearts to receive. Father, I pray right now because you've given us testimony after testimony of healing, of deliverance, of forgiveness, the Lord, even of blessing and prosperity. Father, we're not afraid to say that word. We know that we are your children and you love us. So I pray right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, for those who are standing here saying that I know God said it and now I'm trying to make, I'm waiting for the, and it was so part of my life. Father, that you would release the angels in heaven to bring, Lord, those things that these people are praying for right now in Jesus' name. I pray, Father, Lord, according to your word, Lord, for deliverance, for healing, for blessing, Lord, for uh, discipleship, for, Lord, for peace, for trust, whatever it is, God, I speak it right now, Lord, and let it be so. According to your word, Father, according to your riches in heaven, and Lord, by your grace. I'm going to ask every person now to stand if you're, if you're not standing. I'm going to ask you to give the Lord just a huge shout of praise, church. A huge shout of praise. But in faith that those prayers will be, will be taken. Now let's worship one more song. God bless you. We love you. Thanks for coming out.
of you, how many of you received that word today? I mean, wasn't that a powerful message? Did you know that all of God's promises are yes and amen? Amen. So if he's promised something to you, if he's promised you a healing, if he's promised you financial blessings, if you're praying and believing for your children to come home, and, he, and you heard from God and he says, just wait, it's going to happen, then you can hold on to the promises of God because all of his promises are yes and amen. And like he's spoken the world into existence. And we have that same power to speak life this morning. As I close in prayer, I want you to lift your voices and begin to speak life into, into your situation. If God has spoken the world into existence with his voice, and he has created us in his image, then we have that same power and authority that Jesus Christ gave to us that says we can speak things into existence. And we can speak healing in the name of Jesus. We can even declare forgiveness in Jesus' name. We can speak blessings over people, over our own situation. You can speak healing over your marriage right now in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So let's lift up our voices and let's just declare in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that you have given us the same authority. Jesus, you've given us the keys to the kingdom. Look, that you've spoken over each one of us today and you have declared peace in Jesus' name. That you have given us healing, that you've given us freedom. Lord, I, I declare marriages are healed in Jesus' name. Lord, we might not see it. It might not seem like it right now in this moment, God, but I declare life, and I speak life and not death. And I declare that those that are sick in body will live and not die and declare the word of the Lord. But Father God, I declare life, and I speak life, and Lord, I speak peace, and I speak, Lord, salvation and healing and forgiveness. I declare that shame to be gone in Jesus' name. Father God, I declare that hope is restored. Father God, I pray that what you have spoken to each of us, God, we speak it out today, and we agree with you. Lord, and I pray that you give each person here a great week. Father God, that they would walk in the Spirit and the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, that you would go before us, that you would go with us, that you'd bind us together. In the name of Jesus, I pray. If you agree, shout amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.